This is the John Oakley Show podcast. First off, I want to get back to a story we first broached off the top, and it's the one with a viral video of a guy taken into a police cruiser. He's handcuffed, but he reaches behind his back, obviously, and extricates a loaded weapon. Could have ended horribly, tragically, and it's got the chief apoplectic. He's saying this incident is under investigation to assess if this is a training or a disciplinary matter. How could it happen? Let's find out. Mike McCormick is the head of the Toronto Police Association, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mr. McCormick. Thanks for having me, Mr. Oakley. I thank you for coming on. By the way, uh, how does something like this happen? Well, I mean, there's, there's many ways something like this can happen. And, and what people have to understand is that, you know, our officers are out there. They're professional people. They're doing their job. They have to obey the laws, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And the, what's really, uh, you know, frightening about this video, there's so many things, actually. But one of the aspects is that this guy, this accused, was arrested for an offense, an impaired driving offense, which is not related to the firearm. So, you know, what you're arresting, we have uh, powers of search and seizure, and that would be at that stage. And again, this is under investigation. The officers will have to articulate that. Uh, What we would call level two, our pat-down search, which they did do before handcuffing this uh, accused and putting them in the back of the police car. But, you know, this is a very scary, uh, frightening video, and it's about what we've been talking about, John, for the last number of years. The increase, the proliferation of of firearms, the ability for people to use them, and the willingness to use them. And here we have another example in the city of Toronto where somebody has hidden a firearm on, on their person. And like you said, this could have had dire consequences. We could have people injured, people murdered, uh, and, you know, it's, it's a very scary video. Well, all right, when the chief does say it's under investigation uh, to see if this is a training or a disciplinary matter, uh, what does he mean? I mean, you talk about a level two pat-down, you have powers of search. Uh, wouldn't a preliminary pat-down have at least felt a weapon in the back of the guy's pants? Well, you know, was it in the back of the guy's pants? And, like, I've watched this video Clearly, to me, it doesn't appear that it was in the back of his pants. It appears that it was somewhere else. I mean, that's what the investigation will yield. Well, Mike, how does he get to it? He's got his hands cuffed behind his back. Right. But if you watch the video, John, you can see him fidgeting around the side, moving his clothing. So whether he had it down his pants, a pat search. And again, you know, what type of... When I looked at the handgun, um, and I'm just trying to say this as delicately as I can, it doesn't look like he had a large handgun, like it was a, a smaller handgun. How did he have it hidden on him? So that's what's under investigation. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you would find it in a pat-down, for instance, if it was down in his underwear somewhere, because he wouldn't be necessarily doing a pat-down in that area. So, you know, um, that's why it's under investigation, and we'll wait to see what the investigation yields. But what's more frightening to me is here's a guy that is pulled over for impaired, and the guy's got a gun on him. Like, And this is what we're finding across the city now. Our officers are pulling people over, dealing with people. There are so many people carrying firearms in the city. It's very frightening. And there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop or routine arrest anymore. And our officers got to have to be more diligent. And this is a, a learning experience for all of our officers. Well, all right. I'll accept that. They've got to be uh, more vigilant or diligent when it comes right. to anybody who is being apprehended by the police. Uh, does that mean you need maybe uh, more license to pat down more assertively. You talked about the powers of search, a level two pat down. Do you need to go to another level just, you know, to protect, uh, you know, on the basis of security and safety? 
Well, that, that's a, an interesting uh, point, John, and I think that's going to be have to be part of the discussion when you know uh, this investigation. What, what that yields, like you know, new ways of concealment, different types of firearms, what type of uh, holster or whatever was containing this this firearm. So, you know, we're going to have to look at that. But right now, we have you know the laws, we have the people's charter of rights and freedoms that have to be respected. And if you're doing a level three, which is a more invasive search where you're strip searching or removing clothing, then you have to be able to uh, have reasonable grounds to do that. And the law has to support it. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at this saying, okay, our officers, am I shocked that they didn't find it? No. Am I surprised? Yes. But, you know, this is the new world that we live in in the city of Toronto. Everybody, not everybody, there's a lot of people driving around with firearms, and it's very scary. All right, so this one fell somewhere between shock and surprise, but uh, Mike McCormick is with us, the head of the Toronto Police Association. So if this dude had not tried to and did uh, extricate the weapon in the car, and that was what led the police to see, uh, you know, that there was something that had fallen on the floor, he gets to the station because he, I guess, uh, refused to take the breathalyzer roadside. He gets back to the station. Would he have been patted down again at the station? Yeah, I mean, again, like depending on you know what the circumstances. Again, I'm not intimately involved in the case where not uh, there was any history of weapons, whether violence or anything came out. At, at that point, the officer would have to say, okay, the law says I can search him further, whether he's going into custody or whatever, and I have reasonable grounds to believe there's evidence or something for escape or something on him. Um, then the, the search might uh, be bumped up to a higher level, but the officer. But my concern, John, is like when you saw like the video um, clearly demonstrates everything worked out okay. But there was a potential at one point. I'm, I'm watching this thing, and this guy's pulling a gun out. He could have used that gun at any point in the car. We could have had a couple of dead officers on our hands. And well, then, you know, it did yeah. make my, uh, it, it sort of struck me that that could be the case for sure. Uh, do you think there's a need for plexiglass barriers in cruisers? Well, we, we have the barriers in the cruisers. Uh, but again, you know, whether or not he would have got that firearm out or been able to, and like you said, when they brought him in the station, having access, when you have somebody being brought in uh, who has access to a firearm, that's a big problem, a big problem. So, I mean, we'll see what the investigation, uh, again, uh, finds. But my bigger concern is our members. We're talking about this. John, we've been talking about this for a number of years. The amount of guns on the street, mm-hmm. like this is, you know, this is just indicative of a, big, of a bigger problem with firearms access to firearms and people willing to use them in the city of Toronto. This is just another symptom of the new normal in Toronto. All right, so it's a cautionary tale here, and uh, hopefully there's an adequate response to that, whatever form that takes, and uh, being more diligent, I guess, is one such, as you've already said. By the way, do we know if it was a legal handgun? It was not a legal handgun. Mm. I don't think the the Fed's plan would have captured this one. By the way, how did the uh, video come to your attention? Well, you know, uh, it came through our members and stuff like that, and this is uh, raised for us uh, in the association through our membership saying, look at what we're dealing with now. So that's how it came to our attention. So, again, like there's an investigation into the video the chief announced uh, and how that video uh, got disseminated, and we'll have to see what that is. But, again, you know, it sent a sort of chill through the service and our members when they see something like that and see how easy this person uh, it, you know, pulled a firearm out in the back of a police car. So, so I when, think it's going to change our training. All right. Well, yeah, that uh, might be required. Now, wh- whether or not that the chief was talking about uh, looking into the training or a disciplinary matter, uh, wondering if the police officers who missed this would be disciplined, or is it a case of releasing the video that would lead to some potential discipline? 
Both. Both could be, John. Like, um, that's what they're going to look at. But, again, you know, when we're talking about a, a level two or a pat-down search, uh, it's my understanding these officers did a pat-down. It's just how this guy had the, the gun concealed. But, you know, again, you know, this is the new norm for us. We'll leave it at that, Mike. I appreciate your weighing in and uh, clarifying some points. All right. Thanks, and have a great day, John. And you, Mike McCormick, again, heads of Toronto Police Association. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.